0: All right, back in the studio today. Unfortunately, we do not have Pastor Phil with us. So, Jonathan, you are responsible for making sure that me and Russ stay in line today. Is that right?
1: <laughs> because
2: I'm the oldest in the room, Because <laughs> right? you're the parent and we're the kids. <laughs> this is one tall order. Yes. Yeah,
0: so we apologize ahead of time um, for putting that burden
2: upon you. So, What I found when I was parenting was that I felt like we were okay when we could at least go one-on-one. With our kids, as soon as we got to our third child, then we realized that we were um, in trouble because yeah. now we had to go to a zone defense. And That's right. It just did not work <laughs> yeah. as well.
1: Yeah. Well, wait, when you get a few more, it's just prevent defense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you give up the small things and just prevent the little...
0: Well, today is that great holiday that everybody waits for throughout the whole year, Black Friday.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> it's kind of a made-up holiday, but... Yeah. Um, we'll go with that. And um, we're not going to talk about, you know, the shopping part of uh, Black Friday today. But uh, 2020 has uh, been such a tremendous year in many respects. So we're going to talk about maybe some post-Thanksgiving blues that you have. Um, yesterday, you uh, perhaps were restricted in, in what you could or could not do. You couldn't see family, uh, certain parts of the family that you had want. Wanted to have seen, maybe you canceled some of your travel plans, um, maybe you you came together as a family and y- you had difficulty even giving thanks, or maybe you were by yourself because you didn't have any family to even spend Thanksgiving with. So that's what we're going to talk about on the program today. And Russ, Pastor Russ, since this was your idea, I think you need to open us up.
2: Well. I think what we just need to start out with is let's just be honest that the Christian life ebbs and flows and our emotions ebb and flow and so what we often have in God's word is this is this is the ideal this is what it ought to look like to live our lives fully in Christ um, but oftentimes that's not the case um, and I think that's being Captain Obvious saying that to some of you, you know that, you feel that, you experience that. And so I guess what we we're really trying to talk about today is what do we do when our lives don't match the ideal of how, how it ought to be? How do we fight for, using a Piper phrase, how do we fight for joy? How do, how do we move ourselves from where we're at to where we ought to be without just simply incurring more guilt? Mm -hmm. um, along the way. And so that's, I think kind of where we want to go today. Um, and what I would suggest is that the first step in this process is just coming to God and being honest. Um, this is where I think the Psalms are so helpful of helping us see that God is not scared of our honesty. Now, remember, we're expressing that always in a way that is appropriate. He is our Heavenly Father, the one, the creator and sustainer of all life. And so we don't come into His, his presence with accusations, and we don't come—we still come in an appropriate way, but that doesn't mean we can't come and lay our heart bare before Him and be honest and say, God, right now I'm struggling. I feel anxiety in my heart. I feel anger. I feel um, all of these things. And I would just say, start there. Start with that type of expression. Yeah. Maybe two,
0: well, I'll, I'll just take one. Um, one example that I would use um, from the scripture as someone to look to, you know, the apostle Paul on several occasions said, imitate me. Mm-hmm. And that's so helpful because- As I follow Christ. As I follow Christ, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he mm-hmm. is not only the, like, the premier theologian of the New Testament, but he also gives us a pattern and example because there's just some things that we can't follow Jesus in. Jesus was Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Mm-hmm. Jesus never had to repent of sin. Paul did, and so God graciously gave us this example in Paul of what it looks like to follow Jesus as a uh, both a sinner and a saint. The example I want to give is is from the book of Philippians, where you you brothers know that this letter uh, is the the letter of joy in the New Testament. If you want to fight for joy, go to the book of Philippians. He talks about joy several times, but it's in the context of him being in prison um literally in the first chapter he talks about the the roman guards who are watching over him the ones that he he is chained to and then he makes this incredible statement at the near the well in the middle of chapter one where he says it is my eager expectation and hope that i will not at all be put to shame but now as always with full courage christ will be honored in my body whether in life or in death And if a person were to grab a hold of that verse and meditate on it and make it their life verse, Paul's in prison, and what is his one confidence? It's not that he's going to be out of prison. It's not that he's going to escape execution. It's not that he's going to escape trial. His one hope was that Christ would be honored, whether in life or in death. And that was the secret to his contentment that he says later on in the
2: book. And at the end of the book, he's saying, my circumstances don't define where I am in, in, as far as my emotional state. Um, and so at the end, it, it's talking about, you always hear people quote the verse, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's almost always misquoted. But the, I, the context is actually where Paul is talking about contentment. And he's saying, I, I know what it's like to have a lot, and I know what it's like to not have very much at all. And I think some of you probably are have are experiencing that right now. Maybe not monetarily, but um, relationally. That you know what it's like to have a lot relationally. You, you've you've been surrounded by friends and family. Maybe this year you know what it's like to not have very much. And what Paul's saying is, whether whatever circumstance I find myself in, that doesn't matter because I can do all things through him through Christ who strengthens me. And then he goes on to say that God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's really why he can say, I can do all things through Christ, because Christ is drawing upon the riches of God and saying, I'm going to give those to my people. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't depend on circumstances. God is not bound by COVID restrictions or... The uncertainty of our economy or the elections and all of the rest that yeah. we find ourselves in. Yeah. Well, here's the
0: thing. Like, I think oftentimes one of the reasons why people get into a melancholy or a depressed spirit is because they've lost sight of the meaning of their life. Why am I here? What is significant about my life? Everything seems to be going against me. And if anybody could have said that, Paul could have said it. Mm -hmm. I mean, God set him aside to be an apostle to the Gentiles, and now he's in jail. It looks like his life has come to a screeching end and yet his confidence is in it's precisely in the meaning that god has given him namely that christ would be honored in life or death and i'm just wondering how many of our listeners out there if if you were if we were to ask you what is the meaning of your life what do you live for what do you daydream about what is you, is the cause of your greatest fears what is the cause of your greatest hope how would you answer that question if it's if it's not well, that Christ would be honored in my body, whether in life or death, then perhaps you don't have a a thoroughly Christian worldview. Um, And and we're all going to sin. We're all going to fall short of the glory of God. We're all going to, at different times in our life, live for different things. But this is what God has called us to live for, that Christ would be honored in my life or in my death.
2: And I think it's important that throughout the New Testament, it it really talks about the the necessity of, having people in our lives that we both encourage and that we're encouraged by. Um, right. And I think that aspect can help in this. I Stop and ask yourself, do you have influence in your life, pastor, church family, friends and relatives that are reminding you of your identity in Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm.
1: I think what you're saying there is really important. Because um, when we pick up that passage where we're told to give thanks in all circumstances, we don't read these things out of context. We have to have them in context. And maybe this year's been particularly difficult because the church has been removed in some way from our life because of the COVID restrictions. Um, but we do need, as you say, those people that will encourage us. In um, first Thessalonians, those were this passage tells us to give thanks in all circumstances we're coming to um, paul's concluding remarks to a church and he'll first talk about how they ought to be you know honor their leadership you know and and love them and esteem them because they labor among them he talks about what it means to love one another and care for one another in that and then he brings up this aspect of worship and really there are three commands that he gives. He he tells them to uh, rejoice always. He tells them to pray without ceasing. And then he says, give thanks in all circumstances. And all of those things are actually occurring in worship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and you know, when I don't feel like worshiping and somebody else is, that will buoy my spirit. That encourages my heart, just like it says, you know, in, in Ephesians that we're to um, speak to one another in hymn songs and spiritual hymns psalms and spiritual songs you know making melody in our heart there's a booing effect to our soul when we're there together and it doesn't you know it's a challenge but in that challenge of being with others that's when it that's when real thanksgiving and gratitude can take place we begin you know like you know this idea of rejoicing always doesn't mean that you just you know, you just plaster a smile on your face and go around with your teeth in, in a, a constant grin. It, you know this is, was a command to gather in worship and, and it's it's a, a rehearsal of what God has given to us in Christ. Once we begin to rehearse what God's given to us in Christ, it makes it so much easier, you know, to to enter you know that prayer without ceasing that reverential aspect where our hearts are lifted up to God, mm-hmm. and that's what takes place. All that all I'm saying is when those things are taking place in worship in the context of the church it's easy to take that public moment into the private part of our life. You know, we don't take the private it's it's not as easy to move from private to public, but it's easier to move from that public aspect of joint worship yeah. into how does this affect me when I left here day yeah. to day? Yeah. You know, I get strength for the journey by being with people in worship.
2: Yeah, amen. On a smaller scale, I have uh, one of my kids sings all the time, and um, often my wife and I will, she sings when she's doing her homework, when she's cleaning the bathroom, when she's doing the dishes, when she's just constantly singing, and she'll sit down at the piano and play and sing. And I turn to my wife often and say, how can anybody be depressed when that's around? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's just a small microcosm of of the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and oftentimes people will ask me or my wife, how how can we encourage you as as our pastor? And my wife will answer for me and says, Just come to church. Yeah. Just come to church Amen. and be, be supportive of, of what's going on in church. Because it, it, it's what Jonathan is is talking about, that there's this togetherness aspect of worship that when I don't feel like singing, somebody else sings for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in their singing, it it buoys my spirit. Joy begets joy. Courage begets courage. And that's one of the reasons
0: why we come together. That's what the writer of Hebrews said, that come together. Don't forsake the assembling so that you can encourage one another as the day approaches. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you next time.